Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I heard some pretty amazing testimonies from last week as well about the gospel. Um, I heard testimonies of people who said that years and years and decades of religion fell off of them. One of the things is the hungry get fed. But if you're not hungry, you don't get fed. If you have enough or you don't think there's more, then you don't get more. Jesus, as he walked through life, was surrounded by people. Do you know that everybody needed Jesus? When Jesus was walking on the earth, everybody needed Jesus. But who got something from Jesus? The hungry. The The people who didn't get it was the people who, they were like, Jesus, I'd like just a little bit of Jesus. Can I have a little bit of Jesus? Jesus, can you come support our, our, our Sadducee ministry, our Pharisee ministry? Can you, you know, we'd, we'd like, can we get a photo op with you, right? The people who wanted him just to show up for the party, but they didn't actually want his party or what came with him. It's the hungry that get fed. It's the hungry that get fed. And so I want to encourage you, if I myself have lived for decades at a time probably in religion, And the thing about religion is you quit desiring, right? Because desire realized is a tree of life, but hope disappointed is what? It makes the heart grow sick. And so if you're disappointed, if if you just keep hearing, well, there's more, but you never experience more, we quit desiring, don't we? And when we quit desiring, we start dying. We become cold and we become... You know, and the image to me is always, uh, if you guys remember a commercial years and years ago for Dunkin' Donuts, time to make the donuts, <laughs> right? You're just going through life. And if that's your story, I want to encourage you, there is more. There is more. The testimony I received from one person was speaking of decades of, su- of pursuing God, desiring more, but not ever seeing it. They got a breakthrough last Sunday in the gospel. Do you know that not one of us has fully comprehended how deep this gospel goes? Every single one of us. But what Masha said is the scariest thing is when I have a part of my life where there's a checked box, got that, right? Got that. Because we don't receive the more. We don't have a hunger for the more. So, Papa, I ask you right now, fan the flames of hunger. Hunger is one of the most terrifying things, Lord, because we're so afraid that it won't be fulfilled. But, Lord, I ask you, give us courage to be hungry today to receive what you paid a price for. In Jesus' name. Wow. Well, listen, I, you know, what was particularly amazing to me was last week I felt like was rerun week. I felt like we, all we did was tell you everything we'd already told you. And, and what was amazing is a number of people said, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's the evidence that it's Jesus. But just super quick recap, and we really are moving forward this week. 
People are like, we're never going to leave Galatians. Is that so bad? Um, I can think of worse places to be stuck. Paul is writing to the book, the people of Galatia, right? Four churches that he planted, loved, spent so much time there, gave literally his life's blood being beaten and, and by the authorities for preaching the gospel, loves these people, gave his life for them. They were, they were healed, set free, encountered God. God did miracles, ever, incredible things, right? And then he went away and they got an upgrade. There were a group of super teachers came in and there were two different groups of them. One was the Pharisees and the other were the Sadducees. The Sadducees, the Pharisees were a sect and their goal was at all, all, all costs, what are you supposed to be? Right. right. And if you can't be right, be right anyway. Anybody had some, been at somebody in your life? That either when, even when they're wrong, they're right. And there's like nothing you can say. They're like, I know, but. And you're like, but if you know, there's no but, right? Right? No? Right? Okay. So they're, they're obsessed with being right. The Sadducees, they're like, you know what? We've done that. doesn't really work out. Anybody found out you can't be right on your own? You just become grumpy? Right? Because at the end of the day, if you can't be right, you can at least point out how everybody else is wrong. And that's my spiritual gift. I just feel like I have the grace of discernment to help you understand how messed up you are. Just come to me, right? Come to me, all you who are happy, and I will make you sad, right? I have that gift. And you're like, oh, I, does that make you a Sadducee? No, no. A Sadducee, what are Sadducees? They're like, being right doesn't cut it because you're still wrong. I'm going to be right by pursuing what works. It doesn't matter if it works. So, in, and so often, so the, 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 um, the, yeah, those people, the Jews really believed if you were wealthy, it meant you were righteous, right? Because it was working for you. Anybody known somebody uh, wealthy who wasn't all right? <laughs> in fact, the way they got wealthy was being not right, right? You know what I mean? Like Al Capone, he's a, right? Um, so, so the thing is, but there's like, listen, you know what? I can't be right, so I'm just going to make it work. And, and after a while, you realize even when it works, it doesn't really work. Anybody known somebody who's very wealthy and very, very sad, right? Or, or maybe they're like, I, if I can just be married, I'll be happy. Anybody found out that's not necessarily true, <laughs> right? Or, or when I have children, whose are these anyway? Take them back. I don't want them, right? Anybody here, you had the thing that if just this happens, then I'll be good. And then you found out you were way less good than you were before, right? And those are the two ditches that lie on either side of the cross where Jesus said, you can't be right and it doesn't work, right? The curse was what? When you try to do it on your own, all you get is thorns, he said, I have made you right with me. And out of that right relationship becomes right behavior. And out of that right behavior, guess what? Life begins to work. Listen, you know, at one point I was, um, 
the Lord really quickened my heart. He began to remind me of all the testimonies of healing that have just happened in this house. And he said, do you know how many millions of dollars that I've saved these people? He said, but you all are still crying out to me for daily bread. If you understood the millions I saved you, you wouldn't be worried about daily bread. You'd realize that's a done deal. There is something, God realigns things and life begins to work. And so this is, this is what's going on. And of course, you know, the super teacher's like, oh no, you're just not wise enough. You don't know the Hebrew. Uh, let me explain things to you. There's multiple levels and devils. And <laughs> Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. And I've said this before because it's something the Lord says to me regularly when I'm feeling awfully smart. He said, Peter, if you can't explain it to a little child, you may not know it. There is a simplicity to the gospel that is who God is, God's, uh, God moving in our lives. And so our goal is to introduce you to Jesus. He'll take it from there. When we create all these levels of how we climb up to God, how we get God to come down, we've missed the point. I'll tell you this, well, Ann and I were talking out in the lobby earlier about this thing I've noticed with healing. I'll watch, I'll pray for healing for someone, they'll get healed. But I can tell they think they're healed because I prayed for them. They think I, they're healed because God loves me. They miss the whole point. Why are they healed? Because God loves them. And if they understood that God loves them, they will, that, that seed of healing will spread to the rest of their lives. Not only will they not go backwards, they'll actually exceeding, they'll realize, oh, if he loves me in this area, what might he do over in this area? What might he do over in this part of my life? Maybe if he healed my body, he'll heal my marriage. What if he healed, if he healed my marriage, man, good grief, maybe kids get healed. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there, anything could happen, right? If, if, if he healed my finances, Maybe he could heal me, my destiny, so I'm no longer a slave to money, making money, but I'm actually creating wealth and blessing others. What could happen? Every time God moves, it is, an, it is a sign of his nature. But oftentimes, we want to make it a trick, right? So, so God moved on, on Stacy and, uh, and Tanya with this idea that, uh, of showing them that it was infirmity and to lay hands on them. Anybody here, you saw God heal sovereignly to, through you like that? And you're like, that's the, that's the ticket. So every time you run up to someone is, rebuke you, spirit of infirmity. You, spirit of infirmity. You. Oh, wait, wait. It was right hand or left hand? Stacy, was it right hand? Right hand. Got it. Right hand. Right? And God's like, no, 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 no. I did that to reveal who I am. Amen. Not to show you how to do it. Because when you know who he is, guess what? Our daughter daily encounters situations she's never encountered before. But she has a daddy and a mama who she knows how they're going to respond. So when she makes a mess, which she's good at, she's my daughter, I trained her well. She knows, bring the mess to daddy. Even if we've never seen this mess before, he'll figure it out. 
That's the thing is we have a revelation of who he is. And so no matter the situation, we know we've got a revelation. We've got a testimony of who he is that we can apply to it, right? Oh, okay. He's not a formula. He's, yes, you are not a formula-fed baby. You are fed. You know, okay, I can't even go there. Y'all can't handle it. I'll just, I'll just, no, no, no. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling. No, you're good. You're good. I'm bad. All right. Okay. Moving on. So if you got Bibles, chapter five, verse 13 of Galatians. So he's saying this is they came in and they said, well, you know, you're good, but you know what there, you need to be better. You know, you need to get circumcised. You need to follow the law. Here's the 43 levels. Anybody here got saved and people handed you a library of books? Moving on. Uh, he said this. He said, listen, 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 listen. It, that's not the point. The point is he set you free. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You know, the word church means called out ones. You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light, out of slavery into freedom. You were called free. He said, I say you're free. So don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Okay, tell me if this sounds familiar to any of you, or at least you've heard of this. So, you get saved. Hallelujah, right? You, nobody gets saved for selfless reasons. Do you, you understand that? Everybody comes to God with what? A problem, right? Like, nobody's like, oh, Lord, I've been thinking about it. I think you could benefit from me being on your team. I'm here for you, Lord. I want to I help you. Right? Nobody does that. Everybody comes to God and goes, ah! Right? Right? Okay, who came to God because of finances? Who are my people? Okay, three pinkies. Awesome. A lot of times it's because life, we're, we realize we can't be right, or it's because things aren't working. But we come to God, and in that place, we come to God, and he, oh my goodness, we experience what it's like to have the power of God flowing into us. And if you've never experienced that, that can happen today. The power of God, the joy of God, the Holy Spirit emotions flowing into you, and it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, this is awesome, right? Not by your effort, but simply his grace and his power flowing into you, and you're like, yay. And then along comes another problem. Now, who of you, okay, don't wave your hand on this one. You created that problem. Anybody? You were doing great with Jesus, and then you sinned. You did something really stupid. Three of us? Okay, thank you. I love that. I love honesty. So you're doing great. Like you shot yourself in the foot. Now, others of you, you were doing great. And then somebody shot you in the foot, right? You were like, Masha, when she came to know the Lord, she got so on fire for Jesus. Her mom was convinced she was in a cult, right? You know, like, like, ah, you know, and it might be you shot yourself in the foot or it might be somebody else shot you in the foot, right? And in that moment, all the air goes out of your balloon, Anybody have a testimony like that? <laughs> I, I guess it didn't take. So now I'm going to read books on patching my balloon. 33 steps to patch your balloon, right? You know, you got saved how in the first place? Papa, I can't. That's how you come back. But if you don't, if you pick up the, the books, right? You pick up the, pick up the methods, you pick up the tricks, guess what? Suddenly, you start to have a whole system of how you manage either sin in yourself 
or sin in other, other people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those are two, really two unions. There's two unions you can belong to in the church. One is the union of people who are managing their own sin, and the other is people who are trying to manage the sin of other people. Some people are like, hey, I'm dual membership, right? So in that thing, we start to develop these systems, and the problem, those stair steps of trying to work it out. And so what happens is, in that place, you have one group that says, listen, so there, there's one ditch that where people go, listen, you know what? Jesus freed me from sin, so it doesn't matter if I sin. That'd be like, anybody here, you got a debt paid off, and you immediately got a new credit card? <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. The minute you're like, I'm free! <laughs> and guess what? You discovered the same law of gravity still applies right? So in that moment, you get suffering. But so the other group is going, stop your sinning. You're messing up my, my, my good feeling here. You're, you're popping my bone, right? So you have one group that is in there going, I'm going to give you levels to be right, okay? So, but guess what? Then there's the people who are holding to the gospel in the middle. No, it's by grace we're saved. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Right? So what's happened is his body, this body of believers, has dissolved into open warfare on each other. Some people said it's this trick. And other people say there are no tricks. And other people are saying, stop tricking us. But either way, they've all lost what? They've lost Jesus. They've lost Jesus in the in the mix. And that's what's going on here. That's why he says, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now I always read that as a young man. Anybody know how I read that? Everyone's yeah, like, yeah, I was part of that union. All right. Let me just tell you this. When Paul uses the word flesh, he's not talking primarily about lust. He's talking about self-powered living. Because that's what brought us to the cross in the first place, because we couldn't. He said, if you, if you have the freedom... God's made you free. Don't turn it around and use it to try to do things on your own. That's kind of silly. So stay with me. But rather, serve one another humbly in love. But what if they're stupid? Serve each other humbly in love. But what if they sin? Serve each other humbly in love. But what if I need to resolve all their sin? Serve each other humbly with love. Can I tell them how bad they are? Serve one another humbly in love. Stay with me. For the entire law, verse 14, is fulfilled in keeping this one command. He's like, you guys want a law? You want a method? He said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, put in parentheses, for Jesus' sake, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Anybody here defending Jesus accidentally killed some people? Some people are like, he's serious? No, no, but you know what I'm talking about. Anybody here, you uh, took out the, the pistol of your tongue and gave someone a lashing for Jesus. So I say to you, this is the part that messed me up. I remember this. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All of them? All of them? Notice how simple that is. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, that's super simple. Now, as a young man, I remember reading that, and I'm like, is there an asterisk? Like, I need a footnote. 
this is, this is too simple. I don't get it. Am I, I'm, no? Okay. Okay. What does it mean? What does it mean? If you get this today, you get a hall pass. You are good. Stay with me. Be hungry. Why? Because the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict, better said, in opposition to one another. Um, if I have a tube of water, there is water flowing this direction. Can water flow that direction? Yeah. No. The thing is, what he's trying to say is if you are walking by the Spirit, you don't have anything left to walk by yourself, out of your own power, out of your own strength. If you're walking by the Spirit, if you are living, empowered by the Spirit, there's nothing left for you. You're, you've run out of time. Anybody here, you fell in love with Jesus and forgot to sin? Come on. It's a great place to be. Come on. I, so I feel like it's those, uh, like the chart we did last, last week. I feel like it's just the, the best language we've got so far. And we're hashing this out constantly, right? I'm like, okay, but how does it work, right? Because I've heard this scripture so many times. And it's, it creates all this um, dichotomy in me. Like, okay, I get it. Yes, I should live by the Spirit. But how? What does it feel like? How, like, what is, how do I, like, flip-flop? Right? And the easiest way how I've found language for myself so far is you flow by the Spirit. You flow out of heaven. You, there is, the direction is down. Right? You are living from heaven to earth. The moment you are trying to qualify yourself, you are trying to improve yourself on your own, you start climbing. Right? You enter into this system of stairs where there is no end. It's a treadmill. Now, like, they will tell you that you will get there, but you will not. Well, I always say this. This is robbing Peter to pay Paul. Let me tell you how I would do it. So I would start to go on the stairs. And of course, the stairs done, I didn't actually progress, make any real progress, because it's like running backwards upstairs, or back, uh, up the down escalator. But guess what? I would post about it on Facebook. <laughs> Why? I'm getting some of the good feeling from over here, even though there's no yet manifestation yet in my life. I steal from this area to get some over here. Yeah. And, and in fact, I, I constantly am covering up mm -hmm. what, that there's really no actual breakthrough happening. If there was any other way for us to get on the staircase to heaven, Jesus would not have to die. Right? If there was any way for us to fix ourselves up, Jesus' death would be the most cruel joke in the universe. Come on. The only reason why he died is that there was absolutely no way for us to fix ourselves up. There is absolutely no way for us to live this life in the spirit. It's by faith in him. Come on. And it on. then flows out, right? It's um, rivers, you know, out of your stomach will flow the rivers of living water, right? It's if you pump, if you pump. <laughs> no. No. Once you start pumping, you're already climbing. Woo. Right? Anybody here? Anybody done the pump? Okay, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to say it Oh, anyway. gosh. Jesus, help us. Okay. Okay, anybody done? <laughs> I call it the praying in tongues pump. <laughs> Awkward. 
No, no, the reality is, it, let me, a good, another good example is we talk about the light bulb. How, if you want light in this room, all you got to do is do what? Flip a switch. Before the light bulb, if you wanted light in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? Who are my Boy Scouts? Do you ever use the friction method to create a fire? How long does that take? A long time, but you're awful proud of yourself. <laughs> and then somebody walks in and flips on a light switch. Oh, man! Exactly. And your fire, which was like everything was dim and smoky, but you're like, I got a fire. It turns out you I, had a guest stove yeah, all along. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody just flips the switch. The, the difference is when God shows up, it shows that what we have is a dim, smoky fire. Yeah. And he comes and brings light. So because there is grace, and it's going to talk in a minute about falling out of grace. Falling out of grace is falling out of this flow where there is power behind what you are doing, right? You might be doing the same stuff that this person passing you on the stairs is doing, but yours is coming from here and there is power, right? They might be doing hours of Bible study to get to heaven. You might be doing hours of Bible study because heaven is flowing out of you and that's all you want to do, right? There is such a shift. It's such a slight shift. But once you get it, you will know how to step into it and step out of this rat race. I, I was a young believer. I, uh, I, I, when I, I would get up at 5.30 in the morning, have two hours with Jesus. Had so much fun with Jesus before going to school. I was 15, 16 years old. And that lasted for about four or five months. And then we had Christmas break and I got out of the habit. And then I tried to recreate the habit. And you know what? What had been ease and fun and grace suddenly became painful law and self-abuse. Grace is what God's empowering you to do in the moment. Who here has done evangelism out of duty and, and law ended up slaughtered in the process? Come on. But when you do it out of the love of God compels you, I need you to pray for me. Oh my goodness. It's fun. It's fun. There is a sacrifice that has been made and it's not you. It's him. So listen, let's keep going with this. But he said, they're in conflict with one another. They can't coexist. We are either led by the spirit or we are led by our flesh. And this is so important. I've said this a thousand times. Hebrews 5 talks about training our senses to discern between good, which is God, and evil, which is self-striving. And it shouldn't be hard. Why? Because when it's us doing the work, it stinks. True? Can we be real about it? Can we take down the Instagram post for half a second? Okay, anybody seen a family photo that was the like the 120,000th take? Right? Because every child, shut up and smile. We're having a good time. People have to see that we love each other. Don't make me strangle you. It might look good to everybody else. And it might, you might, you know, rob from Peter to pay Paul and make it shot, get a few likes on Instagram. But you know it smells like hell. Don't, don't, don't. But if you, but you don't have a choice if you don't believe there's a, not another option. And the other option is living by his power. So stay with me. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not, uh, not under law. In other words, you are free to read your Bible. 
You're free to love your neighbor. You are free to do all these things. You're not free to, be, to sin. You're free to be who you were always made to be. You are not just free in terms of allowed. You are empowered to do those things. You have the power. You literally, this power that's flowing here from the cross is giving you the ability to do it. Anybody, anybody done this? I remember as a kid, I could never quite figure this out. Anybody had a light, uh, a flashlight that was so bright, like you would stare at it and like see blue dots? I, my boys, <laughs> right? You know, never underestimate the dumbness that can be involved in growing up. Anyway, and then bringing that same light and you're like, hey guys, you got to see, I got the brightest flashlight. And you bring it out during the daylight and it doesn't do jack. Flashlight, daylight. Flashlight, daylight. There's no comparison. Now, if you go in deep darkness, you can make it look like light. But when you, the light has come, all darkness flees. So listen here. Here's where I want to switch. Here, if we can, I'm, I want to I do this. Do this real quick. Because all the people listening to Paul are wondering, how can we tell the difference? How can we tell if we're living by the spirit or living by the flesh? How can we know? I'm so glad you asked. We have a checklist, right? So, so we have over here, again, we have the Sadducees. They have some things they do to make things work and uh, to get needs met. And then we have over here, we have the Pharisees, which they have a whole series of things, of ways to manage everybody else. Okay, you guys ready? All right, so he says, the acts of the flesh, the efforts the self-effort, right? The, the things are what? First one is what? It's up there. It's sexual. <laughs> Can we talk about this in church? Oh my. Nobody does that. Okay. Um, for those of you who are wondering, basically it's using your God-given sexuality in a way it was never designed. People are like, I've explored several ways that, yes, we know. But listen, it's simply this. Trying, you have been given a God-given need for intimacy and connection. And it's to try to get that need met in a way that God never designed. Okay? That makes sense? So that is work, right? You just got to make it work. I've got a need. I need it fi full, filled. We'll call it immoral. All right. What's the next one? Impurity. Impurity. Pretty much the same thing. Anybody's, I've got several flavors. All right. And debauchery. What is that? Debauchery. Debauchery. Anybody here, you only feel connection with people when uh, something else is involved, a substance. You know? I mean, so many, so many, uh, I mean, this is why bars are full. I feel connection with these people because we've removed the barrier through alcohol or drugs or whatever. Debauchery is, I want connection, but I need something else to make it happen, not something real. So, that's debauchery. Don't worry, we'll get to yours. <laughs> People are like, oh, goody, I was waiting. Awesome. Okay, I know none of this applies to anybody here. Moving on, idolatry. Idolatry is where I give something else control over my life in exchange for it either protecting me or taking care of me or promoting me, right? So that's idolatry over here. Like I'm going to give uh, Instagram full access to my identity, 
to tell me who I am. And it's going to make me feel good as a result. And witchcraft. Oh, we don't do that. We don't do that. So what is the definition of witchcraft? Witchcraft, the definition is to attempt to gain power without relationship. Manipulation, for instance. Oh, that's my spiritual gift. I, I guide people in righteousness with that. Witchcraft is where I attempt to gain power without actually having relationship. So that would be a lot of the stuff we do at church, right? A lot of the prayer, a lot of the stuff we said with the right hand, with the right arm. You know, what is the trick? Well, right? So all, that's not... Well, and I will say this. Anybody here tried to manipulate someone to not sin? <laughs> all the parents are like... <laughs> right? Right? How did that work out for you? Right? It's I'm attempting to get the right result, but without relationship. I don't need a relationship with you right now. I just need you to do the right thing. Right? So this is witchcraft. So, so um, oh, goody, goody, goody. These, so those are all on that side. The Pharisees are feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> don't worry. Over here we have hatred. My life would be fine if it wasn't for you. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Oh, discord. Discord. Doesn't that sound lovely? Yes. Discord is disagreement. Anybody here have felt justified in being a jerk to someone because they were wrong? And they couldn't quite recognize it? And you had the gift to help them understand how wrong they were? But I mean, seriously, Facebook actually gave me a star for it. All right, fits of jealousy, of rage, sorry, fits of rage. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, did I change jealousy? Oh, I, I was jealous of it. Jealousy, people are like, that's my favorite. So one of the terrible things that happens to Pharisees while they're being so right, enough of it's working, so they become very jealous of the people who it's working for. Any girl, okay, okay, okay. Girlfriends, I've watched this one go down with y'all. Girlfriends, this, this. All the girls are like, we are going to save ourselves from Mr. Right, the one that God has for us. And one girl just falls off the wagon and takes Mr. Right now. And she has, seems to have a very good time. Oh! 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 <laughs> I'm doing evangelism. <laughs> right? No, jealousy. Jealousy. Is, it's, it's a natural result of being right, but it not working. Uh, fits of rage, you know what those are. <laughs> but they're justified. Um, we'll get, we're coming to the end. Okay, so then he goes, uh, selfish ambition, but it's so that I can help other people. Um, dissensions and factions. Again, people fighting for the gospel, fighting, no, it's all by grace. <laughs> Shut up. So you, you got to understand at this oh, point, this is everybody, right? yeah. I'm like one of those people, I can kill you for the gospel. <laughs> it's for Jesus. I'm, I want you to have an encounter with Jesus right now. Right? Bam. <laughs> go to him right now. Just go talk to Jesus at the pearly gates. Right. Yeah. So dry. So envy. And, and so right now, everybody in the church of Galatia is, is offended, right? Because he shot all of them in the head. 
envy, drunkenness. He started so well with sexual immorality. I know. You can see the Pharisees are getting better and better. Like, (laughs) called your bluff. Ah, He's so on to you, Bubba. He's talking. He just said Bubba right there, the whole list. (laughs) He said, listen, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Terrifying words, right? Except you guys remember what I said about what inheritance is. When do you get inheritance? In our world, yes. But in the Hebrew world, it's when you become an adult. And whose stuff do you get? All of your papa's stuff. All of his effort, all his power, all his life. We can be like the, the, the older brother and the prodigal son who's out in the field working for the father and enjoying none of the father's stuff. Or we can be like the prodigal who says, I'm taking my stuff because the only way I'm going to enjoy it is if I'm apart from you, God. But God says, no, I gave you needs to meet those needs by my power and my life and my love in my presence in relationship with me. This is where I meant to. So the thing, what he's trying to say is, if you're doing all these, you'll never experience the free gifts of the kingdom today. Today. Everything we need for life and godliness, being like God in this life, that's pretty all-inclusive, we have through what? The knowledge of him. Coming into the Father's house, inheriting in the Father's house, not sometime in the sweet by and by, but today we have them by bellying up to the bar and saying, Papa, I want you. So we have all these signs. If, if these things are in our hearts and we, guess what? He says, that's just a sign that you're living from you, not from him. So don't, if you don't... step out of the flow of grace, you step out of the flow of inheritance, well, right? You're doing it on your own. You're climbing up, right? All of those deeds. To flip-flop it, though, what does he say? Verse 22, we love this verse. But the fruit, fruit, fruit. Anybody seen, um, man, I love, I love like late summertime when the trees are straining to produce the fruit. And you can just hear them gasping. Anybody seen a tree when it's doing that, trying to force some fruit out in their lives? No. Why does a tree produce fruit? Because it is rooted and grounded in the soil. So rooted and grounded in him, we're told, is the desire. Rooted and grounded in him and receiving the rain and the light of the sun. And the sap is flowing. And the sap and life Grace is out. flowing. Life is flowing and Je- automatically produces fruit. Jesus referred to it in John 15. He said, if you remain in me and I remain in you, guess what? You'll bear fruit, and not just fruit, but fruit that remains. Anybody had fruit that didn't last more than a frame of Instagram? (laughs) Fruit that remains, fruit that produces fruit. Because you know what fruit is? Fruit has seeds that produce more fruit. It's replicating fruit. And so he says, the fruit of the Spirit, the automatic result, the way you can know that you're in the flow is that, guess what starts popping up in your heart? Love. Love. Love, not lust. Love. Lust is self-focused. Love is totally un... It's not about you. It's not about anything. It's about the person. Love. Joy. Joy. 
You know, all the time when I'm like, I need joy, I'm reminded, I've said this a thousand times, Paul in the Philippian jail, having a worship service that's so joyful that the whole jail crumbles around him. Listen, joy is not about circumstances. It's about him flowing out from the inside. Joy, love, joy, peace. Listen, you don't know you have peace till there's a storm. You only, peace is only manifest in the storm. And Jesus had so much peace that he snuggled up in the middle of a hurricane with his teddy bear and just went to sleep. He, now here's the crazy part. He wasn't even worried that other people were worried. Anybody here? You're okay as long as nobody else is worried, but once they're worried, now you have to worry about their worry. Forbearance. In other words, the ability to stand strong and keep staying, keep standing. Uh, We say patience, but patience is kind of like I'm putting up with you a lot of times, true? But forbearance is I am walking this out. I'm standing in what he's called. He's holding me, not me holding on to him. Faithfulness. Uh, Wait, wait. Forbearance. Kindness. Kindness is, again, where I am. I am just, I'm thinking of your needs. Goodness. Man, it's effortless. Who here is, I, I mean, I've been there where the only thing I can, I can't find goodness. Goodness is effortless. Goodness is not, I'm being good. That, that's called white knuckled living. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness is where I limit my power so you get to show up. I don't have to be, oh. Gentleness, and this is the one that always blew me. Self-control. Who here has been learned that self-control is this? Yeah? Duct taping your refrigerator shut. Right? Yeah, you're building huge walls between you and whatever your vice is. No, self-control is an inward thing of God, the flow of his life coming through you. Like I said, you don't even have time for sin. You're having too much fun everywhere else. You get to tell you what to do. Against such things, there is no law. Here we're going to end. What I want to say is, right now, you and I have one choice when we're faced with the magnitude of this. I'm being real. Really real right now. We only have two choices. Either this is true or it's false. I'm really being... Either the gospel is this good or it's not. And you and I, the only way we'll find out whether it's good or not is if we surrender. We surrender our own efforts to keep ourselves good, our own efforts to keep other people good, our own efforts to manage our lives. And we come to God and say, God, I can't, I can't. I need you to do it. Now, you got to hear me on this is Masha and I, we're just going to be real. Can we be real? Is that okay? Some of you look a little scared. Um, Masha and I, in the practical, we find that we lose sight of grace regularly each hour. True? Most of the time before 10 (laughs) a.m. No, no, okay. You can tell we're not morning people, right? But all the time, like things will happen and we'll look at each other and we go, there is grace for this. Why? Because we're having an experience that's over here. 
I don't, once I realize I'm having an experience that's not this, guess what? It's my opportunity to what? Turn from dead, dead flesh, dead works, turn from those self-effort and go, God, I don't like this. And sometimes it doesn't even need to be dramatic. It's literally like in an instant of a second, right? It's like stepping into, into the climbing feeling, into this flow, right? I'm just, I'm just giving this to you, God. I'm not going to worry and figure it out right now, right? I'm stepping into trust. What do you right? say? It's very fast, very fast. And, and here's the deal, though. It's not 50-50. It's not an add-on. I have to be willing to let go. I have to be saying, Jesus, what do you say? I've shared the testimony of being caught in a panic attack and literally being so mad at God because he didn't care, which added to my stress. And in that moment, God goes, I'm not worried. He just whispered it so quietly in my mind. And in that moment, I realized either I accept what he said and let go of all this, which seemed like a suicide, or what, what do I do? And the minute I let go and said, okay, God, if you're not worried, I'm not going to be worried. He took the anxiety from me. I didn't climb into agreement with him. It wasn't an effort. It wasn't a work to believe. Even my ability to believe God is his work in me. It is his faith in us. It's not our effort, but it's simply recognizing a good father. When Danya has a trouble, she comes and goes, Daddy! She, doesn't have, she knows that simply by saying, Daddy, I'm here. God is not far away. Nothing can separate us from his love. But the minute we realize we're having an experience that feels like we're separated from love, that means we've stepped in our own works. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We just will go, Jesus! I might obey us. I made a boo-boo. What do you say? What do you want to do? And in that moment, we are delivered. We are delivered. We are delivered. If you are caught in a cycle of sin or cycle of brokenness or a cycle of relationships where you are constantly trying to keep things together and it's not working, I've got great news. Quit. Amen. Quit. Quit. If your mind is your own enemy and your mind fills yourself with so many crazy thoughts, quit. Jesus, what do you say? Allow the power of his life to flood in and drive out all darkness. Drive out all, all those, the self-motivated. Drive it and begin to empower you to clean up the messes that we created with this. And I'll say this last time as the worship team is coming. I want you to know I'm really, 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 really serious about this. This is the gospel. Everything else is a form of self-improvement. It is self-effort to add a little Jesus to my life. Everything else, this is the gospel. His life, his power in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. His, of me, the hope of me looking like him. It's that, it's that simple. And, and all of this is not to shame us, but all of this, if we could stand, all of this is simply to show us which one we're experiencing so we can turn from darkness and to turn to light. Allow him to be in us. As we begin to worship, I would just encourage all of us to repent, to turn to him and live.